Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 241 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. For the drill of the week, we'll talk about how to choose drills that will help you improve. In the questions, we discuss short pimples at the elite level, improving your placement, and how to practice footwork drills when the blocking partner doesn't have good control. I'm Jeff Plum. And as always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeff. How are you? I'm, yes, uh, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, good. Yep. good to now, hear. Um, you sound pretty excited today, pretty um, enthusiastic for the show. But uh, yesterday, yesterday, your power of practice wasn't quite as good. Yeah, it was, yeah. Did it really late last night, really late for me, you know, like after eight o'clock. No, um, but yeah, it was a bit tired, you know, really didn't feel feel great about the whole training and um, yeah, and it just didn't feel like I had control of the ball at all. You know, at one stage, I think I commented that um, I couldn't, I felt like I can't even see the ball properly. Um, so there was, yeah, really bad focus and yeah. Um, it was day fifteen. Like you know, I'm halfway through the month, and I've jeepers. I felt like I felt like I should be a lot further forward than this, you know. Especially after the first couple of days. Mm, interesting. Yeah, sometimes it's hard, isn't it? You you improve quickly, and you kind of hit that plateau, and you know, it's it can be difficult to move past that sometimes. Yeah, and and what well, you know, it's it's good. Like um. We do get that question sometimes from from players as well, and uh, that's how I'm feeling right now. But maybe day sixteen, you know, maybe it's a whole new day, and things will just go bang up again. You know, we talked about that uh, that graph, the stock market graph, that um, that plots your progress, and as long as eventually it goes up from here to here, I guess that's good. But along the way, there's lots of little um, ups and downs, so. Hopefully yesterday was just one of those little downs or maybe a bigger down. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully. But sometimes you get stuck practicing the same thing, which mightn't help you improve. I mean, the spin catcher is the thing we're practicing, so I don't mean practice something different. But, you know, sometimes you just need to try a slightly different technique or try some small variation that might just give you some extra information that helps you get to that next level. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I um, interestingly at the start of yesterday's session, I put on the Marcus Freitas video and I had it there next to me. So at the start of the session, I was I actually watched what he did, um, and then uh, tried to do it, and it was a disaster. The first few were a disaster. Maybe maybe he's using a, a slightly different technique that I need to adapt to, or yeah, haven't uh, haven't quite analysed it. But you know, um, it's five minutes a day that that I've allocated to it so um so yeah let's 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 just see absolutely sounds good um we're still getting other ping skillers sending in their videos you know it's not too late get involved in this it's a great challenge uh i think you'll really enjoy it and you'll enjoy the learning process um so pick a skill table tapper or the spin catcher get out there practice it video it send us your video with a hashtag power of practice and remember, we're giving away three premium memberships um, over the at the end of the month. Um, so get in it to be have a chance of winning it. All right. 
Now, Alois, this, um, the ping skillers question of the day is kind of related on and inspired by your training session last night. It is, if you are really tired, is it better to still put in a training session or is it better to have a day off? So get involved by jumping on our Facebook page or going to the ping skills blog and let us know if you're really tired, is it better to still put in a training session or to take a day off? Love to hear your thoughts. And um, while we're on the ping skills question of the day, yesterday's was who has a better backhand, Liam Pitchford or Zhang Zikur? Now, I know the question's over and everyone's answered, but Alice, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to Liam Pitchford's backhand at the World Championships because people may want to reconsider, but maybe not. What, <laughs> what was the main verdict? Well, yeah, well, overwhelmingly, Zhang Zikur uh, got the nod. Um, so, um, but, but Thad said the majority are going to say Zhang Zikur, but I am saying Liam Pitchford. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Zhang Zikur's backhand is sensational and uh, and hot and has held up for a very long time. But consider Liam Pitchford. Um, yeah, get on uh, the show notes. Take a look at the link. Um, I think he got point of the day on day six of the World Championships. And just the number of backhands he hit during that World Championships was amazing. And especially when he's back from the table, you know, when he's back from the table, he's just got such a beautiful, fluent uh, backhand action. So take a look at the show notes. Take a look at that link. Um, and then you might want to put another comment on. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, I... It's a hard one to go against Zhang Zikur, isn't it? I mean, even if Liam Pitchford's hitting amazing backhands and from, you know, way back, the problem is Zhang Zikur doesn't get out of position very often, so he doesn't need to hit backhands from out of position that are incredible. He just hits beautiful backhands from close to the table that no one can get back. <laughs> yeah, um, good point. Good point. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, look, Liam Pitchford, fantastic backhand. Take a look at it. You will be impressed. But, yeah, you know, I'd still rather Zhang Zikurs, I think. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to this day in history. What happened on the 16th of March? Yeah. Um, Jerry Lewis was born. Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Great balls of fire. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I know him for his, you know, his stand-up and his uh, work with Dean Martin. And, I mean, I loved him when I was younger especially. But, um, yeah, I don't know how popular he is nowadays. But he, um, I, th- I think he's still going. I think he's 90 years old. So he was born in 1926. So today, 90th birthday of Jerry Lewis. Oh, there you go. Happy birthday, Jerry Lewis. You didn't sound very excited announcing this one. You were just worried no one would know who Jerry was. Is Jerry, Are you thinking of Jerry Lewis, the comedian? Oh, is there a different Jerry Lewis? Yeah, are you thinking of Jerry Lee Lewis? Oh, sorry. That's, okay. That's what, that's what you're thinking. Yes, I, great balls of fire. That... Um, now I, now I understand the reference. Yeah. So, no, Jerry Lewis, comedian, great comedian. Oh, well, uh, that is not interesting at all then. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. no. You need to go back and watch some of, I mean, he's, you have to like that taste of his completely nutty type of uh, humour, but 
yeah, I I did quite like I do quite like Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, not Jerry. Now you got me confused. Jerry Lewis's work. Okay, if anyone knows of Jerry Lewis's work and is excited by his nineteenth birthday, let us know. But the, big happy the, birthday to Jerry Lewis, the Nutty Professor. He was in the Nutty Professor. Heard of that? No. Oh yeah, that's by um, um Eddie Murphy's in that. Okay, there you go, Jerry Lewis. I don't think no. I think I think Eddie Murphy did a you know refilmed it, and I'm not sure that Jerry Lewis is in it in the Eddie Murphy version. Sorry, that's what everyone will know. All right, the Nutty Professor, excellent. Okay. All right, well let's move on to something where we can help people with their table tennis. Let's talk about the drill of the week, Alloys. Yeah, so um, slightly different this week. Um, so not actually talking about a drill, but talking about how to choose your drills. Uh, and, I, but I, and I think this, like, over, overall is really important. You know, what drills do we choose during our training session? Do we just go out there and, you know, think about a drill and try to practice it? The, the key is that you need to think about your game and then you need to think about, okay, what drills do I need to do to improve um, my game and it might be that you're focusing on um, something that you need to improve as in a weakness or it might be that you're focusing on one of the strengths of your game as well so don't neglect that um, too so often we just focus on um, you know the the things we can't do well and we go out and practice 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 that that's good but also remember to uh, take into account the strengths in your game too and that's a really important point um, how do you choose your drills? Think about perhaps some patterns that are happening in um, a game situation that you want to improve or you want to strengthen. Um, for example, uh, you might find that uh, your movement uh, when you're going out wide to the forehand isn't very good. So you need to then try to uh, formulate a drill that is going to help you to uh, improve that movement out wide to the forehand. Uh, you know, it might be Falkenberg footwork where you're playing a backhand moving around playing a forehand and that opens up a big gap that you need to cover um, and move to your forehand so um, in our um, training secrets uh, lessons we go through each of the drills and we explain to you um, why the drill is relevant and and what it's going to help you with as well. So that might be something that you uh, you can tap into as well on the site. But um, yeah, really important to to think through the drills that you're doing during your training session, not just going out and blindly doing a drill because you know one one you like the drill or one or you like doing the drill. Um, the drill has to have a purpose of improving your game. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and. I guess the good thing about um, having a focus like that, Alloys, is you can even change similar drills uh, to work on different things depending on your focus. Like I said, with the Falkenberg, it could be that you're really working on that wide ball, but you could also be concentrating on your pivot or you could even be concentrating on you know, being more consistent. You can really adapt the drill depending on your focus. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so the the drill isn't um, always designed for the one thing, but uh, but it's really important to think through the, the game that you're playing and how you're going to improve your game 
by utilizing a drill or by utilizing um, the sets of drills that you're going to use during the training session. All right. So when you go out for your training this week, just put a little bit of extra thought into the drills you're doing and what you're trying to achieve. Um, great advice there, Alois. All righty. It is time for some questions. The first one is from Jamie, who says, why don't elite players use short pimples as it allows them to negate the extreme amount of topspin and smash the ball? I've seen other very good semi-pro players with great technique beaten by other players with short pimples or hard bats. Yeah, um, so short pimples can be really effective. So what they do is they flatten out the contact. So the the ball uh, doesn't come out with as much spin and the spin doesn't affect it as much. So the ball, instead of going out in a loopy type of action, will go bang straight. Um, this is this can be good, but you need to be really, really accurate because you're not generating the top spin to make the ball dip onto the table. So um, at that high level and at that high speed, um, it becomes really difficult. And top spin is really important at um, the higher levels to add that safety to the speed of your strokes. And that's why um, a lot of players don't use the short pimples, um, especially at the higher level. So one player that did use it successfully um, a while ago was Johnny Wang um, from Canada. Um, but uh, and, and there are a couple of players still around that, um, that are using the short pimples. I'm talking about the men's game to start with, sorry, um, that are using the, the short pimples. But um, overall, um, the top spin that you can get using an inverted rubber is much more beneficial. And that's why most players use um, the inverted rubber. In the, in the women's game, um, there is more use of the short pimples because the women's game is slightly different in general. They're staying close to the table, playing faster and flatter. Um, so that can be effective, uh, not using as much spin um, in the game. Yeah, interesting. I mean, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, there were a lot more short pimple players around Alice. I mean, one of your favourite World Championship finals involved a short pimpled player. Yeah, exactly. Zhang Zhaliang, uh, world champion, three times, twice, 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 I think. Yeah, um, two, uh, twice world champion. Um, used short pimples, and yes, I think you could get away with it at that stage. The, the uh, the game was a little bit different, played a little bit flatter, not as much speed and spin on the ball. So, uh, yes, he did get away with it, and he used to just run around and basically smash every ball. Um, but, yeah, now it, well, doesn't hold up. Uh, yeah, but even, even uh, was it like probably 18 years ago, Lu Guliang was um, the current Chinese men's coach, was just fantastic and uh, was taking out players like Waldner and Person for a while until they kind of figured him out and then started to dominate him a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, as I say, you know, you can play to a very high level, but at the very top, I don't think we're going to see a world champion using short pimples for, for a while. Yeah, so the game's just got that much faster and that much more spin and speed and power lately that I guess it's, it's just too hard for them. The, and like you said, not many players... There aren't a lot of players. I think there might be one guy from Singapore, maybe. Um, but yeah, in the top fifty, very few people. So in the top hundred, it might it'd only be one or two percent of the men. I'm guessing, alloys. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, probably probably two percent. 
Mm, excellent. Well, good question, uh, Jamie, and good to see you thinking about the game. Um, and, yeah, I remember once going to China Alloys and I played a guy with short pimples and he just smashed every ball. I would serve a short serve. He would just come in, flick, bang, and just he was way too good for me. It is a, it is a difficult style to play against. Yeah, I think we used to call them Spider-Man, didn't we? Um, and he just used to like be everywhere. Those sort of players be everywhere and be able to just smash everything from here and there. So, yeah, they they're difficult to play against. But um, yeah, at that very top level now, I think the game's been worked out. All right. Next question is from SK Verma. He says, "Whenever I do practice my counter hit, I'm not able to place the ball to the corner every time." I'm trying it with the flat bat position, but the ball goes away from me or close to the chest. Or when it goes away from me or close to the chest, I can't control the ball to the corner, although the ball is still on the table. How can uh, SK Verma improve in this area, Alois? Yeah, so probably one simple technique to improve is to just put a target on the table. So, uh, you know, we can aim for the corner of the table or we can aim for wherever, but if once you've got a visual on the table, like, and it can be anything, it can be a broken broken ball sitting on the table or a piece of paper or a little cone, uh, whatever it is, once you've got that target on the table, uh, it's amazing how much better you get at being able to direct the ball to that target. So put the target on the table for a little while, practice with it for five minutes, then take the target away and then uh, just keep practicing and see if, uh, if you're going, if you're, accuracy improves so the other thing is that he talked about you know the ball being closer to you or further away or whatever it is Uh, again that's an adapting thing so initially when we learn a stroke learn to counter hit we can do it well from a position so as long as the ball's in the right position we can get that ball accurately and on the table all the time but then it's important to then add that variation so that you're not just hitting the ball from there that you need to adjust to be able to hit the ball from here and there and everywhere. Um, help uh, That helps you with your, your footwork as well. And, um, and it just makes you able to adjust a little bit easier in a match situation. And that's what it's about in a match situation, isn't it? Because players not placing the ball for you exactly where you want it. The ball's spraying all over the table. They're deliberately trying to make it difficult for you. So you need to be able to adjust and adapt to, uh, to those different positions. Yeah, so how do you learn to adjust and adapt? Is it just a matter of practicing the stroke more and then you become more confident with it? Or should you be practicing some footwork drills as well? What's the best way to kind of just increase that level? Yeah, so you can you can do some footwork drills. So initially, uh, so we talk about just hitting the ball from one position, bang, 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 bang. Then you can do some set drills where you know where the ball's coming. So maybe one from there and one from here. So that starts to get you to understand the the movement patterns um, of your legs and the body, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can start to make it more random. So the ball can be anywhere in that area. And now you need to track the ball, watch the ball, adjust and make that stroke. So it's a bit of a progression of skills from very basic to uh, more advanced to a game situation. Okay, excellent. All right, so there you go, SK Verma. There's some good advice. It sounds like you're on the right track. Just more practice needed just to get um, just to get to that next level. So keep working on it um, and you will get there. Next question is from Yap and it's kind of related, Alice. Yap says, 
My friend and I are very bad at blocking the ball accurately. Thus, it is very difficult for us to do the footwork drills. Can you help? Yeah, so it, it relates completely to, the, to what we just talked about, Yap. Um, so if the ball isn't going into the right places, that's okay. In, um, in training, um, it depends on who you're able to train with. You know, sometimes um, you're not going to get the ball in exactly the right positions. Use that um, situation of practice to practice your adapting and, and moving. The, I mean, the other thing you can do is you could um, slow the, the drill down if you really do want a set drill. So you can slow the drill down to, you know, snail's pace, just being able to control the ball to here and to here, um, to two different positions, just so you then um, can work on your footwork, perhaps your movement um, slowly. And and at the really basic level, if you really want um, to get the ball accurately and your, your partner can't control it, get, you can use multi-ball, um, get them to just get a box of balls, 10 or 20 or 30 or more if you can, um, and just get them to feed it out accurately. So the multi-ball can really help in this situation as well. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. My thought there, Alice, was that multi-ball would help. It is a it is a skill that the, the feeder would need to learn, but it's not a difficult skill and it becomes a really useful training method. So, yep, yeah, take a look. We've got a multi-ball course on the Ping Skills website. Um, yeah, see if you can start using multi-ball. And I guess the other thing also, Alois, is just improving your accuracy. So, you know, maybe spend a few weeks trying to work on improving your accuracy with some of the things you uh, mentioned for VK uh, Surma. Yeah, that's yeah, good, uh, good advice, Jeff. So, yeah, so improve your accuracy, um, use multi-ball if you can, and then, and if not, at this stage, just just use it as an adapting um, tool uh, to to adapt to different types of balls. So, yeah, lots Excellent. you can do. Excellent. All right, great question, Yap, and good to see you practising your footwork. Keep going. You will get better. Well, Alois, that wraps up show 241. Thanks, everyone, for watching or listening, if you do, on the podcast. And as always, thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff, and we shall see you tomorrow. And going to get into my power of practice, five minutes. Let's see what today brings. And, Jeff, I see that you did pretty well yesterday with a two minutes 50 rally, I think. That's yeah. getting up there. Yeah, getting up there. Uh, yeah, the five minutes, it's a long, it's a lot further than 250 still percentage-wise. So, well, you're know, over halfway. Gonna, it's going to take a lot of concentration. I don't know if I can do it. Anyway, um, I'm off to watch some Jerry Lewis to get some hints for um, Friday Funnies. You, you can everyone. do with it, yeah. yeah you can <laughs> I can do with it, thanks. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Catch you tomorrow.